0: to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans, with four season ticket holders at Ashton Gate, who love the club, the game and all things Bears. In this week's show, we discuss the emotional roller coaster that was the 36-43 semi-final defeat to Harlequins. If ever there was a game of two halves, this was it. Here are our thoughts on the heartbreaking defeat and what went wrong at the gate. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony, and I'm joined by Lee, Miles, and Pete for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the game in a minute, but let's uh, let's uh, let's just have a quick chat, but not on on rugby things or not on the game things. Uh, Lee, thank you very much for hosting again at your gaff. You're welcome, Tony. Good to see you boys, and uh, we uh, we had a nice little. Uh,
1: at uh, Ashton Gate before the game, didn't we? With the uh, with the BBC, we certainly did. We got invited down, didn't we, by uh, Damien Derrick in. Uh well, I think that stands for our 15 times and got about 10 seconds of filming out of it. So, well worth
0: it. <laughs> yeah, for people that don't know, uh, Lee and I were on BBC Points West on, uh, well, I think it was on Friday lunchtime and then the, the evening show on Friday, giving our thoughts. Um, I think I think we had about an hour's filming and got about 15 seconds on, <laughs> on camera, but very grateful to uh, BBC Points West and also the club for uh, yeah. allowing us to come in and... Uh, and do that um miles how are you i i I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see you looking so well because i was a bit worried because we both had a pasty didn't we before the game and I don't think I've ever seen
2: a greasier pasty than, than I did on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> oh, I agree with you, sir. You know, it's taken me two showers today just to get the grease out of my body, <laughs> really. I mean, they, they, there was a lot of meat, not much else, and a lot of fat on it. We all suspect that they've been left over from the, the cancelled London Irish the week before, and I don't think we were wrong on that point. So, uh, thankfully, I've had some better food and vegetables since. Good stuff. And
0: Pete, uh, well... I it's it's interesting isn't it that sockgate has rumbled on for uh, uh, another week and uh, i've got to tell listeners uh, he stood here and he's got odd socks on I mean, what is it with
3: you and socks if at least they're not like they're not halfway up with calves like the other ones were and actually so now you mentioned it i I did make a massive effort on Saturday uh, to, to wear an appropriate pair of socks that went with my shorts down to the game. Proper trainer socks. You could barely see them until There was a slither And I even put a little uh, picture out on Twitter for my three or four followers to, uh, to have a look. So I'd like to think now Sockgate has been put to bed. Right, yeah, I never quite
0: got to the heights of Bobblegate, but uh, there we are. And uh, thank you for doing our uh, our final column of uh, of the season for for the Bristol Post. Have,
3: have you got the energy and a, emotional grit to to get one last filthy rig out this season? Well, yeah, I think uh, I think the post article will probably be my springboard for for the rig. I, I think. The fans deserve a a final filthy rig. Got a few ideas uh, in my mind, a few extended metaphors that I might use. Um, So uh, watch this space. Good stuff. Well, we look forward to that. That'll probably be Wednesday, will it? Hopefully.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We won't hold you that. Well, Lee, it was only, what, 30 hours or so. We're recording at our normal time on um, a Sunday evening. We we all gathered here pre-game excited a little bit um, a little bit tense obviously it was a big match how,
1: how did you feel as we were you know left your gaff and started walking down North Street Well, I have to say Tone and I I really don't know why but I actually felt more nervous and I said to you tonight when we were walking down North Street I felt more nervous than I've done in a long time and I I, I don't know I I just had a little feeling that something wasn't going to go right today and You know, I made sure I had the lucky pants on nice and early and, you know, kept to my pre-match routine. But as we were walking down, I just... just didn't feel quite 100% with it. And um, that did change at half-time, admittedly, (laughs) when we were 28 points (laughs) to five up. But, yeah, it wasn't wasn't my usual confidence, put it that way.
0: Yeah, and I know on the the show last week, you were talking about, um, you know, we're taking Harlequins Harlequins for granted and... uh, didn't that prove to, uh, to, to be exactly right? And Miles, uh, for you, the, that, that kind of atmosphere as we got to the game, you know, we got a pint in one hand, a handful of greasy <laughs> pastry and potato and onion in the other hand. And we walked up to, uh, to our block, E30, not quite the seats where we normally sit, but not too far away. How was your confidence levels? And especially seeing the team that we put out, that's that that
2: 23. Yeah, I was super excited. I mean, Pat uh, had tough choices, isn't he? Choosing that 23. Uh, You know, it didn't agree with some of the the, uh, selections we chose in our podcast last week, but that's his job. He's the boss, he can choose whoever he wants. And obviously, some people had impressed him during the practice that week that maybe we wouldn't have chosen. Uh, But, you know, the service was looking fantastic, the team was looking great, it was all set for an amazing game. Yeah, and Pete, um, obviously, the one change from
0: Friday to to match day was uh, losing Dan Thomas to a dead leg. Uh, Was that an omen, do you think? Or did did we have very
3: capable cover and it didn't really make much of a difference? I think all fans would think it was an omen because he's such an important player. But realistically, we shouldn't think that because we've got a squad and and the squad is supposed to work. Um, In hindsight, it was a moving disaster not having Dan Thomas, I think. But there you go. But just going back to what you said about the feelings before the game, the trouble is... It's knockout rugby and the trouble with knockout rugby is you know you're going to have one of two emotions after the game. You're either going to be ecstatic or you're going to be disappointed and miserable. And I think that affects the way you feel before because you just want to know in a way what's going to happen before it happens. So it's a different sort of feeling than a league game when there's always another one to come. So, uh, yeah, mixed feelings. But I must admit, like the boys, when we got there saw it, the pitch was lovely, the team was out. I, I felt pretty confident. And, and as Lee said, half-time even more so.
0: Well, just for me as well, I, I packed up work, whatever time it was, half-five on Friday. I thought, this is my big weekend of sport. England are going to batter Scotland at Wembley and the Bears are going to have a triumphant march towards Twickenham. And then the little omen for me was that, that terrible England performance, really. Um, and I just thought, oh, no... Is this going to be one of those weekends that it's 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 just going to go wrong? But Lee, what what a start! What a start! Uh, Bernall scoring that try um, after uh, seven seven minutes. Um, it was incredible, wasn't it? We um, they big kick down our end of the field. Pierre takes the quick throw to Urin, swaps passes, runs straight through their um, their
1: defence. Pops it out to Earl, score in the corner. Happy days. Yeah, I'm glad you described it, Tim, because I have to admit, I think I was so nervous during that game that I just, and I couldn't, I had subsequently I haven't been able to watch any of the highlights today because it's just too raw for me. But it was, I mean, that start, I mean, you know, I know we just said we missed Dan Thomas, but actually Earl stepped up. I thought he was really impressive. Yeah. Um. And, and that just gave us the go forward, didn't it? Because we were all nervous before we got to score first. And that was the kickstart, that was the catalyst to to what happened over the next, what, 10, 12 minutes after that? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, we'd already nailed two penalties. So, you
0: know, that takes us uh, 11 11 points up after 11 minutes. Missed the conversion, though, and we'll maybe talk about that in a minute. Um, And, uh, you know, just settling down in our seats, 11 minutes gone. And, um, you know, we're scoring again. Uh, and this time I think it was uh, Hughes um, goes right to the line goes down Ruck forms Mallins picks it up dabs it down
2: Miles happy days well, absolutely glorious try I mean you know we were on fire at that point there was me whilst not watching the game texting my Chiefs mate and he was saying like it's going to be a walkover and I went this is glory rugby this is absolutely fantastic and at that point it was looking we were looking on fire Harlequins were looking completely spent. Uh, The breakdown, they were pretty much non-existent in that first 15 minutes. And I thought, we've got them here. I think we all felt that. Um, And we'll come on to chat about the disaster was the second half in a while, I'm sure.
0: And then, Pete, 21 minutes. Those people in the Atio stand down in that corner where it meets the Lansdowne must have thought they had the best uh, seats in the game because, again, we have, uh, I think it was... um, well, it was Hughes picked up at the base of the scrum, flips it out, and it's almost a carbon copy, Matt, and then stabs it down in the corner again. <laughs> just... I was pinching myself. I couldn't
3: believe it. It was even happier days, Tony, day, <laughs> yeah, it was it? Yeah, it was extraordinary, first 35 minutes. Um, everything that we hoped, everything that felt like everything was coming together exactly as it should do. I mean, Charles Pietau was terrorising... Harlequin so much that I'm pretty sure the CIA put him on a watch list he was he was extraordinary and and Harlequins were nowhere they were they were just they were shocked it was men against boys uh, and it was great I mean it was a it was something to remember a little bit because it was such fantastic rugby it was fast the forwards were delivering possession they were straightening they were passing and they were finishing it's everything we wanted absolutely
0: and then um, when we just didn't think it could get any better uh, on 28 minutes, um, Moran scored, finished off that wonderful move down the right-hand side, um, spun out of that tackle, oh, didn't he? Dabbed hard. it down in the corner, yeah. Lee, and, and Sheedy nailed this conversion, having missed three from almost the same place on the left-hand side, got this one from the right-hand side. We're 28 nil up after 28 minutes in a premiership semi-final. I think all of us at that point thought this is pretty much...
1: Up. yeah it was a collective sigh of relief wasn't it at that point and I think I dare, dare I say it but at that moment I think I said to you Tony we could have the 80 minute performance yeah. today that we've all been talking yeah. about all season didn't I and um and Loewenbuehl, and basically, it was all downward after that, wasn't it? I mean... And I definitely
3: heard someone singing near us, Can We Play You Every Week?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think someone certainly started that. I don't know who that, that, yeah. that was. But... just to the right seat of me. Uh, uh, I maybe, think yeah. we sung the same thing at Gloucester in the Shens. Well, yeah, we? Yeah. we got a paste in that a second. Yeah, well. I, I slightly regret that now. <laughs> um, thanks for not joining in as well.
0: <laughs> um, and then, of course, we, we look like we're cruising and then... One thing we've talked about all season is game management and for me we just needed to go in at half time and if we'd shut them out you know I I think you know we have psychologically scored a huge blow then but then Marcus Smith pops up beautiful ball up in the air Um, I don't know whether was it Tau slightly getting in the way of Mm Malins. He completely misses the catch. The ball, and we all know what rugby balls are like, they can go off in any direction. This one just pops up into Alex Dombrant's hands yeah. and he goes down uh, to to score uh, against this. Conversion missed, but you know, all of a sudden you just felt, I just felt that that that's just going to give them that little boost. Miles, were you though thinking at that point that you know, the tide was turning or was it just one of those things that happens in a game of rugby?
2: I think on that, at that point, I think you're right. I mean, Maiden's, you know, it was a fairly, should have been a fairly straightforward catch. It just eluded him by about a foot and a lucky bounce to Don Brandt uh, and he was just too quick to catch, isn't he? He's a bit like Simmons, really, a massive number eight, but he's he's fast. Yeah, I fell on that point. Lucky bounce to the ball. Um, it, it didn't show a massive really change in the game and the direction from that point. So I thought, we're still all right. You know, plenty of points ahead we'll be fine mm. yeah, well, I'll tell you one, one of the nice things for me as well because obviously we're all
0: sitting in different places, uh, we, we had four of our listeners in two groups of two yeah. in, in front of us uh, and one of them is uh, is Steve Hamilton, he's on Twitter at Steve Hammy and he, he did turn around to me and said could this be London Irish again it can't, can it? And I mean that was only 80 when we were up uh, at half time um, so we, we were all chatting at halftime, Lee, weren't we? And we just said, right, this is about game management yeah. now. We just need to control the game. Um, and then what happens? Second half kicks off, uh, and they, they score on 41 minutes.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is we kicked off the second half and we just did exactly the same as what we did in the start of the first half, didn't we? We went on the attack again and, um, and yeah subsequently Quinn's got the ball went over in the corner again and then we're starting to think well you know that wasn't the greatest game management but we've still got a lead we've still got a significant lead we get back on it now we just keep the scoreboard ticking over and we score a few penalties every now and again just to widen the gap out again but the game management thing I'm getting sick and tired of talking about it to be honest because I mean how many times have we mentioned it on the pod all season And this is games that we've won or come back from, but, you know, if we haven't learned by now, when are we ever going to learn game management? I I don't get it.
0: Miles, yeah, absolutely.
1: Surely this was a time where
0: it was all about territory and possession. We didn't need to go out there and and break records on the scoreboard. We had the advantage, um, but we still started, I don't know, the, the kicking game didn't seem to be on point. You know, how, how were you feeling as that tide started to turn? And, of course, their, I think their, their third try that came very quickly after, I think it was on 48 minutes, um, Urin he, he basically had to hurdle over an offside <laughs> yeah. player, mm. throws the pass, Atwood kind of sticks a hand out, it bounces in the air instead of going to Siali Pietao, and, and and they walk it in. At that point, you just thought... Oh, you know, those catches on, on the nuclear buttons that you have to flip it over before you can hit the button. At that point, I could just see that catch being flipped over. Um, but yeah, I mean, ha- how were you feeling? That that was three tries in what, about 15 minutes either side of half time.
2: Yeah, very nervous. You know, it, it was nearly a carbon copy of when Queens were here in the league, weren't they? where Irwin rushed through a hospital pass to, to Beno on the line, fluffed it, and Danny Kaye just spanked it and touched down. Again, Irwin was OK. He was rushed defence, stroke a little bit, a bit of offside, you could argue. Uh, again, a terrible pass, really, a, a, a hospital pass to Atwood. And then Chisholm just easily picks it up and bangs it over the line. He'd only be on the, on the pitch about 30 seconds, hadn't he? And that was very worrying. I think um, you know the tide has started to turn. Their peckers were up. Uh, their defence was a lot better, and their attack a lot better. And at that point, I think we all started to worry. Well, <clears throat> I'm just sorry to butt in, Mars. I
1: just wanted to say at the point. It, I think it was at this point. Then you were saying this reminds me, Pete, when you were at the England Scotland game, mm-hmm. when England were 30 points up at <coughs> half time yeah. and it did have it definitely did have tones of that, didn't it? And I think. At that point, in that stage, then you're kind of thinking: we all know that momentum is big in every game, but especially in rugby. And we had lost that momentum completely. Then that swung, the pendulum had swung full, full tilt. And I think then we were really starting to panic, and we were thinking more about holding on, weren't we? Oh, absolutely. I think we we got the three points, had
0: not we, Pete? And then uh, and then they they scored the next try. And then lo and behold, on, on 75 minutes, they, they run in the fifth try to to level it up. you know, I had everything crossed that Marcus Smith was going to miss that conversion, just give us a bit of hope, but 31 all at, uh, at full time. I think realistically, it was only going in one direction, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah, we say that, but I mean, yeah, the second half went like you said, I mean I think the third try, Miles alluded to that was when that was when i felt oh, now this is slipping away this this is like sand in our fingers this is going but we still had chances we still yeah. had chances and we had chances in extra time when bodies were littered everywhere and i think in the end fair play to Quinns, that second half was was extraordinary i mean we left the door open for them but they did pile through and you've got to give them credit for that but they still had gaps, we still found gaps. We just, there was a, there was a, right towards the end of the game, I seem to remember we were down in their red zone, we just couldn't make it happen. And mm. um, and then in extra time as well, I think, boys, you remember that rolling mall that was in front of us that we got that rolling mall going. With you know, about two or three, three minutes, minutes to go. And we'd gone, I mean, and, and everybody was in it apart from Sheedy. And I'm, conv- you know, they were playing for a penalty. And I know, and, and oh, well, I'm not going to go into this, but I convinced. There was a Quinn went side entry. How many times do you see the ref put the arm out after about? Anyway, but then, so we had. Ch- I mean, you're right. There was a, there was a, a, a sense of inevitability, a sense of doom, but. You know, every now and again there was a little chink of light, wasn't it? It was it was a nightmare because we were
1: down and then we were up and then we were down. And it was it was difficult. And also, we've had that during the season as well. We've had times we've we've had so many comebacks this season. We've had times we all it's all been doom and gloom, and all of a sudden we've scored two tries, three tries out of nowhere. Mm. But this was this just felt I mean, different. Yeah. Didn't it? because I mean,
3: it, it felt different because there was so much at stake and it's so hard to be positive I mean I was you had a go at me because I was saying okay well if we draw what's getting just think about winning think about winning and you're right mm, but yeah. it's so difficult in knockout because yeah. you know it is so it's only one thing or the other there's no next game to learn from or next game to to to, uh, to develop so yeah I mean it's difficult because the stats suggest that we were slightly on top the whole way through even even the whole game so
0: well that's I it I mean so- Possession, we had fifty six percent territory, fifty two percent. We made eight hundred and forty meters there, six six five. Um, you look at virtually all the stats, and I think I, I think we were ahead. Um, and I mean that that extra time. Um, obviously, they they scored first. Um, Malins then uh, got his hat trick, and what a fabulous way to finish! I know it's not the result we wanted, but to score a hat trick on your last game yeah, for for your lone club was was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then because there was mass confusion wasn't there when Sheedy took the the drop goal um, kind of I'd realised that it didn't really matter because if we were equal on points we'd lose on try score but people behind us were going mental what's he done that for what's he done that for Um, and uh, you know there was still a bit of hope, as you say. There was that 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 um, driving mall where everybody piled in. It was so funny, wasn't it? Because when it when it stopped, I'm not sure who it was at there who took the ball. He looked in the backfield, and there was one player.
2: Everybody else,
0: and I mean, let's talk about it as well, Miles. Um, you know, we were down to thirteen at, at that point. Uh, you know, Sacker, how he kept going, and you know. This is where potentially you could make the argument that should you have had someone that was more match fit playing, mm. um, Vui, Luatoa had gone, hadn't he? There was
1: nothing left for a the tank, there was, nothing tank nothing was there? All,
3: there, there? Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, no. that to be, in a way, that's massive credit to the boys yeah. for that last blooming maul because there was literally nothing in the tank and they yeah. still managed to to get almost in a position to... To get something at the end when well, we thought it was dead. Fakou mm. couldn't even stand.
1: He, no. like, he he couldn't walk, could he? I mean he had to be carried off the pitch pretty much. And this but, well, yeah. but I think we, you know, whilst we give him credit for the, the the heart and the
3: you know the bravery, I mean we were psychologically spent. They must have been psychologically and physically spent on that. So credit. But you know, why did it get to that? But That's then a good
2: question. You know, but then again, uh, you know I hate to criticise our fantastic leader Pat but then in extra time they were still bringing on subs off the bench weren't they who must have made a difference and and we were taking off uh, we'll come on to talk about this taking off our key players when we thought the game was won and this is you know a bit of game management a bit of bench management but on the day I think to most fans it appeared that bench management didn't work uh, and the advantage went to Quinn's
0: well, let, let's just talk about some of those uh, some some of those substitutions. Well, but before we do, Lee, I mean, we had one last glimmer of hope. They they went over, didn't they? Scored their seventh try, and there was the review. You know, for was it a high hit on Le? Mm. I mean, that was our last glimmer of hope that maybe we could have got a penalty kicked and done something with it. But with thirteen men on the pitch, that would have been a humongous yeah. ask. Did you did you see that as a, a high tackle, or were we just
1: Looking through the tinted Yeah, I, I think that was more I mean like I say I haven't seen any of the highlights today, but I guess if I I didn't think it was that bad at the time, I'll be honest. And and even if I had it done, it would have be been more hope and the emotion that we just want to get the ball back and you know, and at least have a go at mm. the end. But I, I don't think there was anything in that at the end personally.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, so yeah, let's talk about
0: some of those substitutions then. Um Miles Carl Sinclair, you know, we paid big bucks to get this guy at the the club, but it doesn't seem that he he ever plays more than about 45, 55 minutes. Uh, He came off, uh, and I think the FOA came on, it was 46 minutes, I think. You know, was that a slight error?
2: Uh, It was a massive error. I mean... We're paying this guy a handsome salary, right? Uh, I mean, I know he's a Lions squad, and he's lion, like, and he's got games to think about. It's irrelevant, right? but it's irrelevant. Yeah. This is the club he's playing for. It's the biggest match of our season, uh, and then on the other, thing, you look at Joe Marler. He's probably what a couple of years older, hmm. and he plays for ninety-five. <laughs> Twice as old. <laughs> Twice as old. He plays for ninety-five minutes, yeah. um, and still is effective at ninety-five minutes. I mean, i um, you know, that being too critical. That was a dreadful substitution and bringing on someone at the twilight of their career who's fantastic but you could argue, bring a throw on at maybe 70 minutes. Because it was just far too early because the game was turning. Well, given the Leicester game, bring him on in extra time. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: well, I don't know what was going on with that substitution. I don't know if it's interesting, just, just going slightly on a, off on a tangent, is Joe Marley, did you realise he was helicoptered yeah. down oh, yes. on yeah. the day of the game because he'd had his fourth child, yeah. I think, Thursday night. And Harlequins wanted to give him as much time as possible with the new baby. So they, they helicoptered down, I think was it North Bristol Red North Club? North Bristol Red Club, Club. And yeah. Uh, yeah, then got him to the ground. So yeah. full credit to Marla to to put in that shift.
2: Yeah. Uh, a shift
0: uh, after that. After that. And of course, one of the one of the substitutions that was forced on us was Charles Pietau having to go off because of a HIA. Uh, on 42 minutes, was was that something
3: that, that that shifted momentum, Pete? Massively. I've got. It's not the reason we. It's not the only reason we lost that game, but that was a big reason. Uh, I think. Obviously, we missed him, but I think it gave them a bit of confidence to know that he wasn't there anymore because. In that first half, they'd been kicking to him and he was just destroying them. Yeah. And no no offence to and Lloyd, who we know is a great player, but he's not Charles Piertow. And he tried to do the same thing as Charles Piertow, to be fair. He tried to, you know, with his twinkled toes, he tried to break through their line, and it just didn't it just it just showed us how good that book that man is. And yeah, I mean a huge, a huge miss, I think.
0: Yeah. Um Well, we know the final result. Um, You know, them winning 43 36, uh, the biggest ever comeback in Premiership history. Um, People already say, was it the greatest game in in Premiership history? I think there's certainly a. What, for the neutral, you mean? For the neutral, uh, a strong (laughs) case for that. that. (laughs) But but, but before we talk about some of the the player performances, I just want to go round all of us here and. I just want an honest opinion about how you felt about that performance. Try and sum it up in kind of one or two sentences, the, the, the kind of emotions
1: that you felt after the game. Uh, Lee, let me come to you first. Well, for me, Tone, I mean, I can, be, I can sum up quite simply, that was the most heartbreaking game I've ever been to. And, um, and I think it was because we had such a good start. That we were literally so far away from them and to lose it like that I mean literally i i i'm not going to lie I had a little tear last night i'll be honest um and it was heartbreaking if it had been a close game that we'd narrowly lost you know I think that you could have taken it a bit more, but to lose that way was uh was devastating to be honest yeah, yeah. and I know everyone says oh it's just the game it's just the game but you you can't pass off everything that we all put into it as supporters. I mean, every single one of us in that crowd yesterday, we all sang our hearts out, didn't we, for the team? And I know the team put in everything. We've already said they gave everything on the field, but to to lose like that personally for me was was devastating.
2: Miles your 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 raw emotions after the game? I, I absolutely gutted. I mean, a bit like today. The weather is grey, and as is my mood. I mean, I. You know, sadly, I went and watched a bit of the highlights that evening just to pick up on where it went wrong and basically the entire second half. I mean, emotionally, it was a huge game. You know, we finished top of the table. We had one, possibly two massive games to finish off the season um, and we just couldn't bring it home. I was just distraught, a bit like Lee. I'm not sure, tear in eye. That's probably the hot curry he had later on in the evening. But um, just gutted and I feel, felt really low all day. I felt... I don't know if it's described being let down, really, because the players put their, put their hearts and lives on the line last night, yesterday evening and full credit to them, but something just didn't click yesterday and that's, that's why I'm absolutely gutted.
0: Uh, and, and Pete, you know, 28 nil up with 37 minutes played,
3: it, is it at all excusable losing a game of that importance? To be honest, Tony, no. I don't think it is. I think you said it before. It, it's never been done. So therefore, it shouldn't have happened. Um, to me, you, you asked us what our emotions. Disappointment, obviously, uh, after after an exhilarating first half, to then have the, the polar opposite, excruciating second half. It was disappointment. There was pride, I've got to say, because I, I don't think we should blame players' efforts, but we can have a go at the system. Mm. And that did lead to a bit of anger, I've got to say. I was angry, disappointed and proud all at the same time. And, and I, I've joked about this, and we, you may read this somewhere else, but I felt like I left a bit of my soul on the pitch or in the, in the stadium on Saturday. It just felt as though it had been scraped out of me. Um, that wasn't the greasy pasty, it? That wasn't the greasy pasty, <laughs> although I've got to say, that was another feeling that I had later on, I've got to say. But... I think we've got to be brutally honest here, boys. This was knockout rugby. There were no excuses. We had everybody to pick from, bar two, but they weren't necessarily missing players. We had a, we had fans who were singing, who were creating atmosphere, and we were 28 nil up. Mm, <laughs> and that, there was no excuse. They haven't even got a and, and something, something went terribly terribly wrong in that second half and I don't think we'll know for quite a while exactly but one thing I do know is that it reminded us how hard it is to lose badly like that and uh, there's no learnings it's just there's no excuses How did you feel,
1: Tim?
0: To be honest, I I, I was angry, um, I think, was my overriding emotion. And, you know, people have have said on social media, look how far we've come, we've come top of the league. And I I, I absolutely, we're going to do a season review. That will be the final pod of this year, uh, next week. And we'll look back and reflect over the whole season, which has been amazing. But with that growth in performance comes a higher expectation I think from from the fans. and we were 28 nil up in a Premiership semi-final. we didn't need to score probably any more points. We just needed to control the game and stop them from scoring. and it was about game management. we banged on about it so often on this pod. So I was angry. we threw that away. I was slightly embarrassed the fact that you know we've let in a in a semi-final the biggest ever turnaround from a uh, a losing position um and just sad um a bit like you lee if that had been a 36-43 game that had ebbed and flowed there'd only been seven points or so in it all the way through i would have tipped my hat and said you know well done would have been disappointed but no the, 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 the overriding emotion was, was anger and I'm sure you know we'll all be able to reflect on this when we do the pod next week and put it in perspective for the whole season and I do, do you know you you can't blame the effort of the no, boys no, no. there is that pride the way they were playing with 13 men to keep going and actually you know not, not lose by even more uh, was incredible but tactically it didn't work we were there with London Irish we've seen it Often before, yeah. we cannot close out games uh, and something has to change if yeah. we want to be that, that dominant team in England. Um, so let's, let's talk about um, some of the player performances. I'm going to start, and I'm not going to start with one of our players, I'm going to talk about Tyrone Green, their, oh. their, their fullback, they their 15. I thought he was exceptional. Absolutely exceptional. What a talent they've got there. He made 168 metres in 22 carries, beat 14 defenders. It was just extraordinary. Yeah. And we kept kicking the ball to him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which again, we talk about game management mm. and tactics you know the guy was on fire why did why did we do that but let, let let's talk about the bristol team lee maybe um if you pick uh the the front five the, the front row and the two locks um tell me how you thought about the performances there well again
1: i mean i i, I, I can't criticize any of them to be perfectly honest i mean what I did want to say as well it was we haven't mentioned it so far but I love the fact that you could see the pride in Jan Thomas when he was yeah. when he was getting the crowd up with his fists and he was come on you know and and his heart was just out of his chest wouldn't it and I, I loved that I absolutely loved that and I think Jan has been one of those players over the last few weeks who's been immense for us mm. um, and I think the, the front rope all did reasonably well I thought Sinclair was probably the quietest out of the three um, and again, Atwood and Vuey, I, I, you know, they never let us down. in Mister Reliables, aren't they? And um, I mean, there was one uh, take from a line. out, one-handed take that Atwood did. We were all purring, weren't we, in the, in the stands? Um, I was in front of the dome, wasn't it? There, that yeah. went up,
0: got both hands with the ball, hands, yeah.
1: and Atwood's arm just came up between them and scooped <laughs> it out. <laughs> it, was like he was, it was like he was grabbing a tennis ball, you know. It's just like he just tucked it under his arm and and away we went, but. Yeah, I can't criticise any of them. I mean, the effort, and I think you know, they they all put a shift in. No, absolutely. I, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Jan Thomas
0: because he was so fired up. And as you say, just coming over to the Dolmen and waving yeah. his arms to get us all going. Pete, let me come to you next if you want to talk about um, the, the
3: the back row players and and nine and ten. Well, I mean, similarly. I'll start with nine actually I thought Andy Oren first half nailed it yeah. his mm-hmm. kicking was good he was every he, he, everything we said that he was going to be and, and why he had been picked ahead of Randall um, in some ways he came off the best time because it's quite hard to criticise him apart from obviously Miles got a dig in earlier about the pass even though you rightly said Tone he had to hop over an offside Quinn mm. um, so you know, do you do you look at Randall and say he didn't he didn't do the same thing, but he then nearly scored an amazing try? I, I just feel it was a, a general momentum shift that the, that a the malaise that went through the whole team. Um, I've got to say one thing, uh, back row, you said didn't you? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean Ben Earl. You know, to be honest, he probably was our man of the match. Yeah. He kept going the whole time. I don't think I think when you look at the stats of Ben Earl, he was he was awesome and he tackled. I think his tackle stats were were right up there might have even have been the best yeah 17 tackles his the, uh, his uh, opposite number only had 14 40, 69 metres against so he did nothing yeah. wrong Ben Earl did nothing wrong um, and I actually quite like the fact that at the end he went on his own to clap and yeah. then he said that thing at the end where he said this has probably been the best year of my life and I yeah. think he changed his career his it? career yeah. um, but you know <sighs> I hate I'm about to say something I don't think I want to say boys but say it, you've said it now that you're gonna say it, so say it. Big Steve, second half. Did he do enough as a captain to to get the team back on track? I, I don't know. I I feel, you know, I feel humbled. I can't really why should I criticize a bloke like that? And I'm not really criticising him. But but maybe he was a, a victim of our of our substitution strategy because he went off or got substituted at too early in a way because then we had our old nightmare with we ended up with two hookers on the, in the mm. pack and uh, Steve I, I don't know I heard him on the scrum in the week talking about the game and you know he talked very um, uh, very clearly about how you do it he was very level headed about what happens in a game and what you have to do and maybe you know I, I, I don't know but he's the captain I mean, but, we lost a game, but was that tactical or was that an injury? Well, I yeah. thought I
0: thought he was going off injured. He yeah. seems he seems yeah. to be. He always
3: looks injured, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, when you, I see, him, see him walking down the street. He looks injured, too.
0: But he went off on 62 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Jake Heenan, come on! They, they'd already swung the momentum and they they, they, yeah, they they'd yeah. scored
3: the three tries yeah, in the I second mean, half that's already. I'm yeah, but he was on when the momentum was oh, going. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you know. We we he is captain. Fantastic you know a single
1: person can't necessarily change it so I don't know what I'm saying really but no, something didn't work I, I agree with you Pete but I do but I I do think like Tony just mentioned then, I do think there was an injury or something because he, he hasn't been like that all season has he and no. you know and i, I that guy literally carries the whole team. But, but he did in the
3: first half. I mean, you yeah. know, we're not criticising I mean no. everybody played well in the yeah. first half. They had I, their, yeah. one of their best games in that first 40.
1: I, I personally think that's an injury to Lewis too, and
0: that's the reason he yeah, came went off. Like it. Yeah. And then then of course Hughes went off, didn't he? Um I think that was 65 minutes, but was replaced by a by a hooker then, because yeah, you know the bench was empty, and then we had a scrum with uh, two hookers, one of which could could barely move. Miles, let me come to you for um, the the kind of wings and the, uh, the 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 back five, if you like. Um, how did you rate those performances? Malins, Run Raja, Morahan, and Charles Pietau.
2: Yeah, I mean um, Piattau's sublime. I think. Yeah, I think as. Pete suggested really the minute he came off it was really a game changer Charles Charles, Charles Piotel sorry yeah. I mean the twinkle toes that he's got and the uh, dominance in the game and what he does to oppositions is scare them because he can just do anything from anywhere um, he was fantastic yeah the wings I mean Moraghan's try was fantastic he did nothing wrong I and mean, a great try
0: saving tackle
2: as well, well absolutely yeah. Yeah. You know, and really we've said that you know, potentially, Malins of Zavell have had one of their best performances in a Bristol shirt. Sadly, it's their last. But the boys really just turned up and just smashed the field, really, and it was just amazing. Um, I mean, you always, uh, and you know, in the centres. And um, do you want to talk about that as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay, Sheedy didn't have didn't have his best game. We'll chat about, a bit more about this. I mean, his kicking was off. I personally don't think if you have three kicks off exactly the same spot, you should miss all three. I mean, come on. This is the biggest game of the match. He's had plenty of coaching, plenty of practice. He's had coaching from Wales. That's not acceptable. (laughs) You should get... (laughs) It's it's fair comment. It's fair fair comment. comment, You know, our our emotions are running high. You know, it's three kicks in the same place. Why aren't you getting one, if not two? That's his prime job. And his game management... I thought was a bit off par as well. A few little grubbers he could have thrown through, which he didn't. Um, And that was the difference on the day. In the second half, Marcus Smith came alive. In the second half, I felt like Sheedy went to bed. But, But can you quantify that? Do you think she... I mean, are we
1: just talking at the point when Quinns had started taking over the momentum?
2: Well, maybe. But maybe when life gets difficult and the other teams come alive and put a lot of pressure on... Mate, is that where Callum starts to struggle? Um, and there is no real, you know, there's no. Could you say there's an adequate or equal backup to him? Should he get caught up for Wales or injured? I don't think there is, and I'm a bit worried really about when you know games become tough. Game management needs to change, and it doesn't really with Callum on the pitch. Lee, yeah, I think Miles has
1: got. Absolute genuine points there, and I think actually, I I'll be interested to see if Tom Whiteley actually plays at ten for us more. No,
0: I I, I don't think so. He's, he's think a scrum half. He's a he's a he's a backup ten. Mm.
3: I, I, I I sorry Pete. Go on, you want i, to I was mind? just going to say with Cheedy. I think I feel in his defence, you you're not an isolated player at fly half. You are part of a system. Which includes your number nine, and it includes your pack. And if your pack are giving you front foot ball and front foot momentum, then you know it's a lot easier. And when you're when you're not getting that, it is very very difficult. I think for a fly half to to change a game massively when you're on the back foot, and it, and I don't think it, I, I I you know this is based on no substantiated evidence, but I would suggest that it's quite unusual to find some that do. Um, you need the whole team to kind of change. You need, and and Marcus Smith, yeah, did come alive, but that's because the rest of his team came alive yeah, in the yeah, second half. Yeah, I But I think the only thing we could say about Callum is that is is and we have mentioned this before, and I'm, and I, you know, I don't really feel like again, I don't really feel like saying, but I just think the length of his kicking, you know, wow. could just be it's, it's those fine margins, it's those percentages, it could be a bit further. Marcus Smith just seemed to get a bit more distance on those kicks, a bit more distance on the, the in the corners. Maybe so, that was the thing. Pete, are you saying size matters? I am definitely saying size matters. <laughs> when in it comes, it comes to experience, this. yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you can see. Well,
0: you, oh. you, you know, I, I I watch a lot of um, uh, NFL. I love American football, and you know, I I see the fly half and the quarterback as very similar positions mm. when you look at the two sports. And the good uh, quarterbacks go out and execute a game plan. Um, And when the game plan is working, they look good. The great quarterbacks are the ones that can look up and see where there's opportunities outside of that game plan and can make things happen. It's not about executing the the, the plays as scripted. It's about taking that split second to see where the defence is and where the opportunities are. And I you know, I think Callum is an excellent fly half when it comes to executing our A game, mm-hmm. but when we need a plan B, has he got that sparkle of, you know, like the Ciprianis or the Finn Russell's or even the Marcus Smith that can look up and instantly make that decision to, to just change change things up. I'm not sure he is he has Lee I don't
1: know if you want to comment I just, actually I think you've just summed that perfectly Tim. I think exactly the same way I, I think that um, I mean we've got to remember like we've just said Callum missed three um, three kicks already at the start of the game and I think when things are going well it kind of it just bypasses that but you know ultimately and I, also I do agree with Pete's point as well that You know, the game changed because when Piotr comes off, then Marcus Smiths, then he can kick the ball into that corner because he knows the threat's not coming back. Mm. But there was chances in that game where Sheedy had, you know, like Miles had just alluded to, a couple of grubber kicks would have done perfectly well. We had two men out wide on the wing and we didn't execute it. And I found then that the hesitancy that kicked in with Sheedy then affected the whole thing because then your other players are looking up to him to do something. Mm. When he's not doing it, the whole thing breaks down. And I think that's what we had in that second half. Yeah, OK.
0: Well, let's move things along. Um, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, uh, Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Bus route and many more platforms. You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com on Twitter we're at bearsbeyondgate and on Facebook you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page just talking about social media we did have a tweet Marcus Watts who's at watts underscore mf and he said, "Boys, please have a positive pod for the,
1: for the yeah, end of the season." Marcus.
0: Well, well, Marcus, this is the penultimate pod, <laughs> so uh, hopefully, when we've had a, a, a week to uh, to to process all of this. Uh, we will have a fun review of the season and yeah it's been an incredible season I'd also like just to make a little mention to um, another one of our regular listeners Pete Hale um, thanks for the little gift uh, yesterday we, we helped Pete out with uh, sort of like a ticketing issue uh, and uh, we had our first bit of Bears Beyond the Gate um, merchandise a, uh, a t-shirt with a, the little badge on uh, uh, lovely, wouldn't uh, it I it think it was the phrase let me, let me come to you so do I say that or uh, hey, yeah. <laughs> Let me come to you. Okay. Um, wait, wait a minute. Are we all gonna get different phrases for each one of us then? Because I'm scared what I'm going to be. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be XX exclamation bar. <laughs> Solid. Um, Solid. Right, Solid. so so before we, we move off that, um, regular listeners, we have will know that we have the Gets My Goats. And I think, you know, there was the tension of a semi-final. And, you know, we were on the edge of our seat in that second half. The game was going. It was, you know, flowing away from us miles. What collectively got our goat (laughs) on Saturday at Ashton
2: Gate? Now, you know me, boys, being a uh, rather quiet often on social media, but I couldn't help today. I couldn't hold back but post a comment on the Bristol Bear Supporters website. I was that cross about it. And you know what it was? What was it, Miles? <laughs> <laughs> the bloody dance cam. I mean, goodness gracious. I think we'll all have a bit of a chat about this. I was livid, along with many other fans. Hopefully, was along with six thousand, six hundred other Bristol fans down there yesterday. Absolutely livid that that ineptitude and total trash has resurrected its ugly head in our fine stadium in such an important match. No, there's no place for it, in my opinion. It was ill-timed, and shouldn't ever come back. Well, let, let me come to you. Let, let
0: me. Oh, he's.
2: Oh, God. oh, boys. oh that, was so
1: awesome. that was a that was a run. Like it was yeah.
0: <laughs> Feisty this one. Um, Lee, let me come to you. You know, obviously with the rebrand, Bristol Bears, they want to try something different to to get um, you know younger fans there. Do you think? Dance Cam and Simba Cam have their place, <laughs> but not while the game's actually taking place. Is this something we can do before the game starts or at halftime with a bit of music? Um, when you're into the last 10 minutes of a semi-final and somebody's down injured, do you need Downsy's face on the big screen, loud music and say, Leigh, let's come on then, it's Dance Cam.
1: Yeah, no, I would suggest maybe keep that for the for kids parties and stuff like that in the um in the concourse wherever they do them now, but um no it, it's it, it, it is like it was shockingly bad yesterday and I know like you boys have probably been slightly more critical of it than me in the past but I did think this time in, in particular was just complete nonsense and um I mean yeah the, with the rebranding everything else I think they've got pretty much right but I'm sorry, Dang Z, but the Simba cam and the dance cam, that's got to co go, mate. and you've got, to, you've got to get yourself, get your heads together and think of something else. Sorry. I
0: mean, Pete, the groans where we sit in the dolmen every time it happens, people are just
3: groaning and shaking their heads, aren't they? Yeah, I think the anecdotal uh, survey that we did was pretty negative. I mean, you said it, Tone. Um, we almost said it just now. Um, a time and a place. And that ain't the time and that ain't the place yeah. when you're just unravelling in a semi-final. Uh, I, I, maybe Downs, even in the defence, would say it's written into his contract. He didn't want to do it. He was being forced by his <laughs> producer and like, literally pushing him onto the pitch.
1: But I don't know. Lee, you want to... I just want to quickly just counterbalance that on a positive note. I actually thought the music yeah. yesterday was bang on point. Yeah, I mean, we good. were... I know it's like when we were 20 nil up, we 28 nil up, we were, uh, we were all having a good time anyway. But the music was on point yesterday and I will just, you know, just a little bit of positive spin on it. Okay. Okay. Right.
0: Let, just before we, um, just before we, we leave this weekend's events, um, obviously the other semi-final was Exeter against Sale. Exeter won 40 points to 30. Um, I'll go around each of you in turn, start with Pete. Um, who do you want to win next weekend in the final? And who do
3: you think will win? Well, I want Harlequins to win because I, t- I went on the Harlequins podcast and <laughs> said that I wanted them to win if we lost um, but I fear it's, it's going to be it's going to be extra again I think they timed it to perfection and they're just masters masters of managing and that's
2: what we've got to be Miles again I'd love Quins to win they came and played their sort of style of rugby in the second half and they undid us um, and their passion was great the fans' passion for only 500 supporters yeah. there was fantastic yeah. big so big shout out, out to the Quinns fans but I think uh, you're right with Pete I think uh, there's not I, I think there's very little chance they're going to uh, win next weekend and I think Exeter I hate to say probably going to pummel Quinns Lee, well, oh, I'm sorry
1: <laughs> my old mate Paddy might be listening to this <laughs> Paddy and Avon. but um but I want Quinns to win as well I, I love the brand of rugby and I thought The way they performed yesterday and to back the guys up, the the fans were were absolutely brilliant. And I'd love Quinns to win it, but ultimately I agree with the lads. I think Chiefs will completely dominate. And Quinns have obviously got some tired legs as well from this week. So I think it's all set up for Chiefs to win it quite comfortably.
0: Yeah, I I can see parallels with the World Cup when England had that fantastic semi-final win against New Zealand, but then didn't perform in the final Good luck to Queens. I'd love to see them win it, but I can't see anybody beating Sale at the moment. Uh, Exeter.
3: Can I just say, is am I right? Is it six in a row now? Six finals Mm. in a row. Yeah, that is something that is very very important for us to remember because Mm. that is where we want to be. Yeah, and that shows us something about Exeter that we've got something to aspire to still we've, we we think we, we've got their number a little bit there's no mm. doubt about it we've beaten them twice at Sandy Park but that is the key and mm. that goes back to everything we've said about game management and all this sort of stuff but fair play to them six in a row absolutely
0: but when you think going back what's that 10 or 11 seasons now they didn't get to that first yeah. one for about yeah. five yeah. And, years and that's what
3: I'm saying Let, let's yeah. put a positive spin yeah. at the end of this this yeah. kind of slightly difficult, difficult one is that we're three years in, yeah. And we almost we're, we're upset about not quite getting there, we, and for the second time in two seasons, we can do this. We've got the right ideas. So. No, a- absolutely, absolutely.
0: Um, okay, just just moving on then. Um, obviously, we're all bitterly disappointed. We uh, aren't going to have that trip to Twickenham next weekend, and I think uh, obviously, Lee, you're a, you're you're a, a young, free, and single. Um, but the other three of us. Um, uh, we we've got power passes. We've got you know <laughs> <laughs> for that weekend. Now, what I, I want to know with you guys, uh, Pete and Miles, is, is that something that's banked now, <laughs> or, or or because we haven't got to the final, is you know are you all better halves just ripping that power pass up oh. and saying null and void?
2: Miles, uh, you know to be fair, I had sort of banked a uh, Bears Beyond the gate uh, night out next weekend, whether we are going to get to the final or anyway, not. Anyway, tell us what you're doing next weekend. Oh, I might have to go camping with the wife and kids. I almost want to go to Harry Potter World with Pete now. Uh, but well, I'm sure you've, you've got game away.
3: Harry Potter World is irrelevant because that was Sunday. That was always going to happen. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Tone, me, I still have the afternoon banked. Uh, but as a true pro I've I've already volunteered To do a bit of uh, cricket umpiring On Saturday morning for the school Having said I couldn't do it I got onto the P department and said I, I might be free Obviously we have to negotiate the contract And that sort of thing <laughs> um, So I kind of feel like I need something to do But the afternoon is, is, is still banked. If you've got any
1: offers on the table <laughs> Lee Well I think this is a perfect way Of getting towards the end of the podcast We just mentioned cricket then didn't we Can we mention the fact that someone got diamond duck?
2: He did, did last week. We last week. week.
1: Sorry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the Jamesons last week. mentioned <laughs> Lee
3: <laughs> we also to
1: talk about the fact I got thirty four not out in two weeks. <laughs> there we are. I knew that really. Just, just giving <laughs> voice.
0: Okay, okay, I'm not. I'm not sure about my pass. Whether it's, uh, I'll have to look at the small, small print. Whether there was an expiry date on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, not too hopeful. A couple of other things to round up then. Um, It was the second leg of the cliffhanger that was the championship playoff game. And uh, yeah, Sarri's won 57-15. So they'll be back in the 13-man premiership. One thing also we, we saw this week, but we'll talk about it next week, um, was the the revamped Pro 14, which is going to be the, what's it? The United Rugby Championship. Yeah. That and we great. get the four franchise teams coming in from South Africa. Let's pick that up next week. Um, and um, a, a positive bit of news uh, was that the, the updated England squad has been announced today. And... Um, Pete, we have three Bristol Bears in the uh, squad. How do you feel? Deserved? Uh, I mean, do you want to reel off who yeah, they are?
3: Will Capon, um, and I, I, I hope that he's able to wear his his, his cap when he goes on uh, the pitch. His yellow cap, uh, Ra- Harry Harry Randall. But I wonder whether Harry <laughs> Randall got the text and thought, "Oh, I'm not going to take <laughs> this call." You know, given my 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 experience this year of being for England, like ring up Eddie, say, "I'll give it a miss this summer." Yeah, um, but no, fair play and. Uh, Um, Max Malins of course big disappointment Piers O'Connor I think
0: Yeah uh, Miles, let me come to you Um, I kind of really expected Piers to get the call up Um, are you are you you as disappointed?
2: Yeah I'm very disappointed I mean he's played fantastically all season I mean the number of games he's put in and the hours he's put in have been fantastic Uh, his footwork and his play have just amazed us all season uh, it's a bit disheartening for him really and I thought this was his best chance uh, especially yeah. when you see who else has been picked from other clubs that to me
3: nowhere near his sort of level um, don't know what that is mm.
1: yeah. Lee well, I just wanted to say don't forget I mean Piers O'Connor qualifies for I think is is it Scotland Wales Ireland and Australia as well yeah it's definitely
0: England Ireland and Australia and there is a mm. there is a fourth one in there as well mm.
1: so I mean if Eddie James doesn't get this guy involved soon, then I'm pretty sure one of the other uh, international teams right. will. And, you know, it appears that Connor is absolute quality. He's he was up with, um, you know, he's one of the players of the season, isn't he, this year? So mm-hmm. he's yeah. definitely get, get snapped up by someone, whether it's Eddie James or one of the other um, international coaches, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, Yep. Yeah. OK, well, that's it for this show. If you like what you've heard do please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform. We'll be back next week with our final show of this memorable year as we review the 2021 season. Until then, we've just got to suck up that semi-final defeat. But from all of us, goodbye, stay safe and come on, Briz.